Well, well, well. Cowboys come to town, try to take over Bourbon Street, try to take over the Dome, and guess what? Fail, fail, and they try to beat the Saints without Drew Brees. Another fail, fail, fail. Let's talk about it coming up on Fazan on Football. This is Mike Fazan. Oh, the poor cowboys. Turn out the lights, the party's over. What was that song that, uh, we had a radio caller last Friday when I was with Eric. Started singing that song on Friday. 48 hours before the Saints were even, the Cowboys were even going to play the Saints. This is how cocky and confident he was. This Cowboys fan. I don't know how God ever created such arrogant, cocky fans or why, but he did. And this dude was <laughs> maybe the worst. He only calls when the Saints are playing the Cowboys and screams about how much is the Cowboys going to beat the Saints. And of course, last year we didn't hear the end of it when Dallas beat the Saints. So. Uh, he had to call up and give us a little bit more of his cowboy craziness. But it was such a sad sight to see for the little cowboys who came to New Orleans thinking they marching on Bourbon Street, Jerry Jones, trying to take over the city, trying to take over Bourbon Street, whatever. But what they don't understand is we let them take over Bourbon Street. Why? Because their Texas money is going into the owners and the shop merchants and the bars and restaurants of New Orleans citizens. So we'll gladly let you guys march up and down Bourbon Street. And after you got your butts beat, maybe you can go back to Bourbon Street and do a little second line, a little funeral march, a little closer walk with thee. Uh, coming down Bourbon Street. Because the Saints defense put on one of the best performances I've seen under Sean Payton since, uh, really since, I guess, Greg Williams was coaching them. So, uh, and just a, a great, great defensive effort. Can't say anything more about it. And Bridgewater played, Teddy Bridgewater played a, a just a perfect game, just what the Saints needed from him. And, of course, Alvin Kamara. What more can you say about Kamara? He is unbelievable. But these Cowboy fans, man, unreal. So the Cowboys come to town, and their fan base, this Dallas fan base is really weird. It's a strange thing. Now, Dallas, now I'm not just trying to pick on the Cowboys. Now, this is a guy, when I was growing up, I was a huge Cowboys fan. I cried when they lost to the uh, Steelers. And both Super Bowls. Uh, so, and when they lost to the Colts with that, uh, who's that, O'Brien, Bill O'Brien field goal. Anyway, but Dallas hasn't done anything to speak of the Cowboys in a generation. 27 years is the last time they won the Super Bowl. And they haven't been relevant, really, ever since. And But their fans, 
it's a strange deal. Their fans act as if they just won the Super Bowl last year and the two years before that. And it almost like they won the Super Bowl 27 straight years. Uh, we get callers all the time when I'm on the show with Eric. Uh, not all the time, but there's two in particular from Texas. Whenever the Saints are playing the Cowboys, they call like, they act like they, not only do you not have a shot, how dare you even get on the field with our beloved Cowboys. And it's a, it's kind of a psychiatric thing with these people. They just can't get over the fact, or they can't come to grips with the fact that that team is no longer relevant. They are not the Cowboys that they wanted Jimmy Johnson and for sure not the ones under Tom Landry and Roger Staubach when they were America's team. Everybody loved the Cowboys. So that's just something about that team and that fan base that I don't, uh, I don't get. I don't understand the swag. I don't understand how arrogantly confident they are because it's crazy. It's insane. They are so sure that they are going to beat your team when you play this team, when you play them Sunday, that uh, I almost want to sit and watch a game with them and see how they react when Dallas loses. I can almost think, think in my mind they have to be like in denial. They have to be like, well, we didn't lose, uh, you know, the referee blew a call or, uh, you know, the Saints cheated or whoever. Anyway. That's just me on the Cowboys fans. But as far as the game, was at the game. Uh, actually got a <clears throat> I got a, uh, a ticket. It was kind of dropped in my lap. Now, the tickets I usually have uh, this season, I didn't do. But I, I'm a season t- I still have one of my season tickets. I, it's a whole deal. It's not even worth talking about. Anyway, I got a ticket. Uh, went with a friend of mine. And uh, apparently, these same arrogant cowboy fans who think they just won, who act like they just won the last 20 Super Bowls, were supposed to fill up half the dome Sunday. I mean, I, I, mean, I, saw, I saw the normal amount of opposing teams' fans, like if the Saints would be playing Tampa, Atlanta, Miami, Houston, no more. I mean, no more. I mean, they had they had a bunch of Dallas fans, but they always have a bunch of visiting fans. New Orleans, a destination city. People are going to want to come to New Orleans if it's if it's even on this. If it if the, if the Saints appear on a team schedule, a lot of teams who have say one weekend they're going to do a, a a road trip. They're going to go to a and New Orleans is on the schedule. They're going. They're going to go to New Orleans that year. It may be an AFC team where it only appears every four years or an NFC team that's not in a division. But uh, it's kind of like when uh, when Las Vegas, when the Raiders moved to Las Vegas. I'm going to go make a road trip to Vegas when the Saints play. I mean, that's a fun weekend. I mean, I might start Wednesday instead of Thursday. and may not come back to the following Wednesday when I wake up from the game on Sunday. Hello. Anyway, but getting back to the game, it was really a good game. It wasn't an exciting offensive showing, but it was a game in which the defense, 
If you like defensive football, uh, they came to play. Uh, Eric and I have been wanting these arrogant Dallas fans that you guys have had an easy, soft schedule first three games of the season, and the Saints were battle-tested. Houston hasn't lost since the Saints beat them. Well, they lost up until that Sunday. They ended up losing to Carolina, but the Saints beat them. They won two straight. The Saints lost to the Rams, who hadn't lost until Sunday. And Cowboys won defeated coming into last week. So, and Dallas had an easy go of it. So what happened was when the Saints defense stiffened up and the crowd got going, uh, it made a lot of problems for, it created a lot of problems for Dak Prescott. I thought he lost his composure. I thought the Saints owned the line of scrimmage. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott did not get, he didn't go off like a lot of people hoped they would. And let's face it, teams are going to start doing this to Dallas. They're going to start stacking line of scrimmage, press coverage on Cooper, safety over the top, Amara Cooper that is, and uh, dare, Pres- dare Dak Prescott to beat him with, uh, you know, maybe the tight end or the other wide receiver, Randall Cobb, whoever it may be. But this is how I think the Saints have a blueprint to play the Cowboys. And now you have to have the personnel to do it, and you got to have a pretty good defensive coordinator who I think Dennis Allen has developed into one of the game's best defensive coordinators. Uh and, uh, well, he's got a great defensive line coach. He's got a great linebacker coach, and he's got a really good secondary coach. So it helps if you're a coordinator and you have those. Each position has a really good coach and you have who understands developing players and um, uh, coming up, formulating game pan- plans to stop opposing offenses. I mean, look, every game the Saints played this season, except for the Houston game, I mean, the Rams game, they were hanging tough until uh, they just wore out. And Seattle, they absolutely shut down. And then the, and the Cowboys, they absolutely shut down. So here we go again. There's Tampa coming up this week. Uh, I think they put up 55 by the 7. What's that? 40, I don't know, 7 minus 5. The 48. I think they scored 48 points. I know they had one defensive touchdown. I'm not sure if they had any any more, maybe a kick return, but they really, really put it on the Rams last week. So here's the thing about Tampa. Most front-running team in, this, in the NFL. More front-running than the Atlanta Falcons. Because when they get rolling, <clears throat> they're hard to beat. And if they win one game like they did last week, they're going to come into New Orleans with almost Dallas Cowboy-like cockiness. They're gonna come in New Orleans and uh, and uh, thinking that they can just walk in the dome and, and come in with a Drew Brees-less Saints team and dominate. Uh, <clears throat> they may well, but I doubt it. But I mean, there's really not much to talk about with the Dallas game except the fact the defense played great. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who with each start that he makes and we've said this the entire time he possesses a quality in him this is at least I think so which is a reassurance to the rest of the team he's got that quality where he's not going to set the world on fire 
But I think the players in the huddle, when Bridgewater is in command, uh, are comfortable. I think they feel safe. I think they understand that this is not a guy who's going to panic, uh, who's going to get desperate and throw interception after interception. I mean, you, NFL guys or players understand. They realize. They could tell if somebody's a po, you know, a po, uh, if somebody's a, uh, a phony or not. And Bridgewater's not a phony. He's deep. He's a good, solid human being who who has really good leadership skills. Maybe not the greatest uh, threat passing the ball from quarterback position. But he understands what he's supposed to do. He understands the Saints' scheme and what they're trying to do. And uh, to me, above all, he's poised, man. He's got a really calm demeanor, and I think that spreads out through the rest of the players and helps them to understand that, you know, let's just do our job and Teddy's going to take us there. thought he made some really good throws to Michael Thomas. I thought he uh, he did well. I mean, he had one bad sack that he took late, which could have uh, which could have been a problem. But turned out the Saints stepped up. The defense stepped up once again and had his back. So uh, you know, and then what I like about Bridgewater is after the game and the post game interviews, he's so mature, man. You forget he's twenty six years old, I think, and for his he's such. He's such a, a old soul, it seems like, wise beyond his years. And uh, just the team, the speech he made to the team after the Seattle game, tell him not to take winning for granted, cherish every moment of it. And last week, and you know, on a podium, just saying that he doesn't care about numbers or stats or anything like that. He could care less. The only stat that he cares about, which really is the only stat that matters in anything sports is how many wins you got. Who scored more points than the other team? It doesn't matter how you got there. If you score more than the other team, you won. And to Bridgewater, that's all that matters. So I'm becoming a more and more of a Teddy Bridgewater fan with each game, not just because the Saints are winning, but just because of the way of a, the way he's handling himself. You know, you really don't get to see that part of a person when they're the backup. They don't get a lot of television exposure. They don't get interviews. They don't ask to do things. But now that he's the starting quarterback, you get to see more and more of him in front of the camera. And you get to just see what kind of an outstanding person he is. I mean, unbelievable character. I mean, I can't emphasize enough how much respect I have for, for, uh, for Bridgewater. Which leads me to this point. I've been hearing the phrase since Bridgewater took over that the Saints are winning ugly. They go up to Seattle and they don't score a lot of points, but they win. They come home against Dallas. They don't score any touchdowns, but they win. And I'm going to go back to uh, something that Jim Mora used to say. I remember, I'll never forget, the Saints beat Tampa, I think it was 10 to 6, one time in the Superdome. It might have been 9 6. It might have been a field goal game. And somebody said, Well, what do you think of that victory? Uh, Coach Marty asked him, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. What did you think about that game? 
He said, I thought it was a beautiful game. I thought it was a beautiful win. There's no such thing as an ugly win. And I feel the same way. There is no such thing as winning ugly. Especially in the NFL when you got 16 tries. And every single game matters. It's not like the NBA where you got 82 games. Ah, uh, you lose tonight, you play that, you play tomorrow night or the next night, you can come back. It's not like baseball where they have 160 games, 162. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you kind of get lost in the fog when you're following a baseball team. But the NFL has 16, uh, 16 games, 16 tries. That's all you get. And my goodness gracious, I will never say the Saints are winning ugly because winning is a beautiful thing in the NFL. It's so hard to win an NFL game. I mean, you can ask anybody that's ever played or coached. It is tough. I mean, I've never done either on that kind of level, not even close. But just from watching over the years and and listening to coaches and players and the 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 grind and the amount of film study they put in or the the working out and the physical toll it takes on their body it is tough to win in the NFL so you're never going to hear me to say the Saints won or are winning ugly you're never going to hear that because uh because of what I just said i mean they they just won two games they beat Seattle who I'm watching right now are kicking the Rams butts and uh, the only game that Seattle's lost has been against the Saints. And the Saints beat them in Seattle. And people are trying to tell me Seattle's not that good. Well, I don't know. They look pretty good to me. It looks like if things keep going on right now, they're going to be 4-1. And one. And, uh, and they beat them in their place in the rain. And then you come on and beat a 3-0 Dallas team who's riding high. So ain't no such thing as a... Is winning ugly, in my opinion. Um, and I think Bridgewater's doing just fine. Just fine. And when Breeze gets back, he can... Think about this for a second. When Breeze comes back, he can come back with the knowledge that, oh, my God, I can get injured and the season's not over. Maybe he doesn't have to play. Maybe he could play with a little more... Uh, you know, let it loose a little bit more. Not that he doesn't already, but, you know, no worries that, hey, man, I got somebody behind me that can come lead this team to victory. And if the Saints win again against a pretty darn good Tampa team who's been playing really good ball last two weeks, he's 3-0 and as a starter. People talking about filling Breeze's shoes. Breeze is thinking, man, I got to fill Teddy's shoes. If he keeps winning, this could be tough. Not that we all don't want Breeze to come back, which I absolutely do. But I think, uh, I mean, this is this, <laughs> this is a really good situation the Saints are in. As far as the game coming up against Tampa, you know, we all know Jameis Winston, he's out of cold. You're going to get good Jameis or you're going to get bad Jameis. Tampa's got talented wide receiver, Mike Evans and Goodwin. They got talented tight end. They got talent on the defensive line. 
Well, they gave up 40 points last week, so maybe not so much, but they do have a guy, and I can't think of his name, who's leading the league in sacks. But they're back. The defense, the secondary is not that great. I think they're near the end, the bottom of the NFL, and pass defense, which maybe kind of maybe be kind of a wash this week because the Saints really aren't lighting it up, passing the ball anyway with Bridgewater quarterback. So, you know, I just think at home, Saints are coming off an emotional victory Sunday night. Uh, but Tampa's coming off an emotional victory, two in a row. And they're coming off uh, a game where they really, really beat a team they had no idea they were going to beat. Not expected anyone to play to beat them like that. I think they do for a little bit of a letdown. It's a noon kickoff. Saints may come out a little flat, but uh, I think the Saints overall, the better team in Tampa. And um, the Saints defense is just playing lights out. I'm giving the Saints the the edge on this game. I think the Saints beat the Buccaneers this weekend. And Teddy goes 3-0. and Wow. I mean, who would have thought when Breeze went down, I got my hand raised right now. I got it raised high. I thought, oh, my goodness, all is lost. We're going to lose the next four or five games. First, I thought he was out for the season, Breeze. And then I thought, well, maybe we can, oh, well, maybe the Saints can finally have a bad season and draft a great, a good quarterback <laughs> coming out next year. But um, when I when I heard the news that Breeze will be back in six weeks, and then you look at the schedule and you kind of calm down a little bit and you think, wow, if the Saints can go two and four, it's not bad. You know, they'd only be uh, whatever, three and four, three and five. If that were the case now, they've won two straight. They're sitting at three and one. Uh, I mean, this is looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. So who would have thunk it when Breeze went down? All right, that's going to do it for this week on Fazan on Football. I'm Mike Fazan. Uh, we'll meet again next week. After the uh, Saints results, after uh, after the Saints game, we're going to talk about the Saints-Bucks game. We're going to talk about the Tigers going against Utah State. And we're going to talk about the Wave against Army. Huh. Army. They always give the Wave trouble. But I'm picking Tulane. I think I got to... I got to stop myself from going and thinking of that old Tulane Green Wave mode. This is a new Tulane Green Wave. I think they go to Army and they win. All right. Y'all take care. Have a good one. I'll see y'all next week.